Hello, everybody. This week on the Union Podcast, we're doing something a little different. I'd love to say that it's fully because we just thought this content was awesome, which it is. I I will say it is a good one, but it's partly just because life's been crazy over here. Jamie's got her new venue and things have been going on in my personal life that have kept me a bit distracted. So we got a little behind on recording. Uh, We'll shoot it straight with you. Things have been kooky. So this week we're throwing it back to an episode with Sabrina Zablon, who joined me over at the Wedding Hacker Expo. If you haven't checked out that event, weddinghackerexpo.com, it's a free event. And we've got a ton of content in there to help educate you, educate your couples about how to plan a wedding affordably, how to discuss finances together as they go into their marriage, and also just how to keep their relationship strong on this journey. So all sorts of resources that are very helpful as a wedding pro to educate your couples. But this episode specifically, we're going to talk about planning a wedding from afar. So I thought that this is helpful for couples to hear, but really helpful for planners to hear. For those of you who are working with clients who are maybe planning something in your local area, but they are remote, there's a lot to learn from Sabrina who does this all the time because she's based in Hawaii and has tons of folks from the mainland who reach out to her. She plans beautiful events for them. And it is kind of a unique process, something that those of us who work with couples right in our area may not be totally uh, savvy with. So sit back, relax, enjoy this throwback to the Wedding Hacker Expo. And next week, we will have a new fresh episode for you guys. Have a great one. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. Hey, Wedding Hackers, it's Heather Larie Fear, and I am so excited to introduce you to Sabrina Zeblon. She is an incredible wedding planner out in Honolulu, Hawaii, and she runs the Gay Agenda Collective. Now, today we're going to be talking with her about planning a wedding from afar, um, since she works with a lot of clients on the mainland who are planning in Hawaii. So we're going to jump on in and uh, learn a little bit from Sabrina. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to chat with you, Zarina. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, you. yeah, it's good to have you here. You were on the podcast. And then today we're going to be diving in and talking about some things that will help some of these couples who are attending the expo. Um, can you start out by just giving us a little overview of, of your business and what makes you a little bit special? Yeah, of course. So I'm the owner of the Gay Agenda Collective, where we specialize in planning weddings and events for the LGBTQ plus community and their allies. Uh, We started this business with the intent to create space for the queer community and really change the way we approach weddings as a whole. I realized just from planning my own wedding with my partner that there were still some holes and inequalities in the wedding industry. And instead of attempting to fix that on my end, We created a community with other queer-owned and at the very least gay-affirming vendors to bridge those gaps. 
Currently, I'm based in Hawaii, but I've had the privilege of planning in many different locations outside of the islands. It was always my dream to be in a profession that allowed lots of travel. So my business has given me just that. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love what you're doing and think it is such an important role you're playing in the wedding community. But today we're going to be talking really about this incredible talent you have for planning from afar because yeah. you being out in the middle of the Pacific on a beautiful island and planning in other locations is a little tricky and something that scares a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything, I guess, like introductory thoughts that might help folks who are considering planning something far away, but are maybe a little nervous, like you got any encouragement for them? Yeah. So my wedding actually was a destination wedding, even though I'm from Hawaii, we were living in Los Angeles. So it was kind of like a destination wedding for us because I would say maybe 50% of our guests weren't from Hawaii um, and we weren't living there. So we did have to travel out that way. But it was a lot of fun. I loved having a destination wedding. I loved being able to kind of leave the space that we were in, go and get married at this beautiful location, and then come back kind of refreshed, rejuvenated, and start this chapter of our lives. Now we live in the place that we got married, which is awesome. So it kind of feels really full circle for us. But yeah, it's just been really, it was such a great experience. And I think that anytime you're planning a wedding from a location that isn't necessarily your home, it is important to maybe have done that research and understand um, where you're going to get married and really figuring out why you're getting married there. We can talk about it a little bit later, but you know, for me, it was really doing that research and just figuring out where I wanted to get married, what type of space I wanted to get married in, and really getting all those questions answered before starting the planning process. That really helped a lot when I was in the planning process, just figuring out, um, we knew right off the bat, we're like, we want to be outdoors. We want to be near the water and we want to have the mountain in the background. So that pretty much narrowed down exactly what we wanted. And that's what we were searching for. But yeah, it just it was just this awesome experience. It kind of felt like you were on vacation, but you were also doing this thing that you both have been wanting for all these years. So it was, it, I love destination weddings, love awesome. planning them, love going to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a much more popular option now than it used to be. And something where folks maybe felt a little bit like, Oh, I'm forcing all these people to go on a vacation, but you're not, you're inviting them. You're inviting them into this special moment, yeah. inviting them into this vacation. And if they don't want to go, it's okay. I think, do you think starting with the vision for yourself and then also I guess like that mental process of being okay with it being a smaller event would be kind of the first couple steps I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, going back to having people come on this vacation with you, that's a great way to kind of present it to your guests, you know, really giving them time to save just the way that you would for planning this wedding for yourself, just like you would it with planning a regular vacation. You want to give people time to save time to kind of wrap their head around that. That's where they're going to go. Um, so giving them ample time to plan for that event and really just, you know, kind of encouraging it in that perspective that it is like a vacation that you folks can all go on together and understanding that sometimes it just might not be feasible for people's budgets. If they have a larger family, if you've decided to make it an all adults wedding and they do have kids knowing that that might not be feasible for everybody and just kind of understanding 
where people are coming from. It has nothing to do with you as a couple, but really just that maybe they might not be able to afford it right now or other circumstances come up. So kind of having that perspective in your thought process when planning. But yeah, I do think it's just having that realistic perspective of what it's going to be like to Mm -hmm. kind of take everything that you've had in your city that you live in and bringing that to this space. Um, Having those realistic expectations really helps kind of take a lot of the stress away. If you have high expectations for the event that you want this 300 person wedding and everyone's going to be flying in from California to this location, just understanding that that might not necessarily happen, but still knowing that you're going to have an amazing and great event. Yeah. I think that expectation versus reality Like if your expectations up here and your reality kind of comes in down here, it's very frustrating. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that's something where I think just really being clear on your expectations at the beginning, like makes the whole wedding planning process easier, you guys, whether you're planning local or from afar. Now, do you know of any specific challenges that you found tend to pop up for couples who are planning out where you are and maybe they're on the mainland that you can advise folks of how to avoid or how to overcome? Yeah. So the top two big challenges that I feel I see a lot of couples struggle with is not being able to physically see the venue and not being able to physically taste food, taste the cake, kind of do those things that are part of that wedding experience. So, you know, as a planner or just anybody who's maybe local to the area can really help you with that. That helps a lot. I know that I do a lot of virtual venue tours with my couples, so I'll take them you know, whether that's through video chat, kind of walking them through these different spaces with everything going on. A lot of venues are way more inclusive of allowing just virtual tours. So obviously you can't necessarily go to these places right now, but they've set up a lot of systems now where you can actually take these tours virtually like you would be there at the actual space. So, you know, those assets really help with everything to kind of you know, make you feel like you're still getting all the parts of the wedding planning experience. Uh, I know that for us, we kind of went based off of photos and really trying to get a feel for what it's going to look like from Pinterest and just from just searching what other people have done in the area to kind of get a feel for what the space is going to be like. But kind of knowing going in that that might happen, that you might not necessarily be able to actually walk through all these venues and just kind of understanding that perspective. And if that is something where you're like, no, I really want to see these spaces. I really want to be able to really feel the environment of where we're going to get married. Then planning a simple week trip to kind of do all these big wedding errands really helps kind of take that stress off of you. If, if that's feasible for you and you, you allow that in your budget to allow a trip to kind of go out there and really get a feel for what it's going to be like, that helps a lot. Uh, but I know that that is an issue for some people just kind of wanting that experience. And then also just communication, you know, when I'm working with couples now, especially if I'm working with them and this is a destination wedding, we don't have that sit down face-to-face experience that maybe I would have with a couple who is in the area that I'm in. So really just making sure that they feel cared for and they feel like that it's not so cold that we're talking this way, but really making them feel important. If you can kind of have somebody who can do that for you, or if you can just go into it knowing that, you know, that there is still that personal relationship that helps a lot. 
We did something a little risky recently, and we've kind of been shocked with the results. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been around long enough for you to have heard us talk about the master plan. And we took it from a six-month or a 12-month option and turned it into a monthly subscription service. And guys, it is going gangbusters right now. It sure is, Jamie. And it was really scary. I remember the day we switched it over and we were like, did we just make this product 10% of the price (laughs) that it was? So we just gave a 90% discount and perhaps this was a very foolish decision, but it has been a very lucrative decision. I will tell you what, and we want to cut you guys in on it. Yeah. Obviously we're huge fans of affiliate marketing. We don't shut up about affiliate marketing. We just get really excited about the products that we're excited about. And we can see that this has like a, like now this is pretty successful and it's, does meet the needs of a lot of clients that a lot of us as wedding planners can't personally meet with. So we want to invite you into the affiliate program because we know that this will be an asset both for you and for your clients. But guess what? It's not just going to stop there because I know affiliate marketing can be scary. What are you going to do for them, Heather? I will personally connect with you to give you ideas of how to take what the master plan provides and integrate it into your business, whatever you do in the wedding industry and have that seamlessly go together without taking away from your main business. Cause that's the thing that a lot of the, the folks we've worked with that have become affiliates were concerned about at first. They're like, well, I am a wedding planner. So how do I sell a wedding planning course made and hosted by Jamie? Like this awkward yes. for me, but it isn't. There are a lot of ways to put this together to do what I like to call is not throwing away the scraps, which is kind of how I look at it when you have amazing leads come in. And some of them just can't, they don't work with your timetables. They don't work with your budget, whatever the situation is, those sort of solutions are out there. And there are many of them. That's just one. And I, I want to sit down with you and work through that so we can help you be a successful affiliate. And Hey, you know what? That means that we are getting that master plan into the hands of those that really and truly need it. We're seeing an awesome response and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So head on over to the slash TMP to sign up to become an affiliate today. And if you have any concerns on how to pitch this, or how to talk about it, or how to sell it, how to not throw away the scraps, don't worry. I'm going to put Heather to work and she's going to tell you exactly how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. I will make sure you're taken care of and we will make it a success together to help lots of your clients. Yeah. It sounds like getting the right team is then super, mm. super important. How do you recommend yeah. a couple source the right team from afar? And I'd say like, having a planner, if you're doing something like this is going to be really, really helpful because they're going to be able to connect you with all the right trusted people. Um, Does that sound right to you? Yeah. That's like top number one advice I can give is if you're going to have a destination wedding, try to hire a planner that's local to that area because they know everyone. Planners are so interconnected with all the different vendors that are in the area. They have a lot of you know, relationships where they can be able to figure out what you're looking for. So if you're somebody who I want a photographer who's kind of airy, has like really that light feel to the way that they photograph, most of the times planners will be able to know who who to suggest for you. But if, you know, maybe you've decided that you want to go the route of planning your own wedding, there are so many possibilities for research. You know, I think that time is such a big key player that's on your side. If you give yourself enough time to plan a destination wedding. So if you're going into it with six months to the wedding, maybe you'll run into some issues with time constraints because you really are trying to get everything situated. If you give yourself like a year or even more than a year to really do the research, kind of get the back end, figure out based off of just 
Google searching top photographers in the area, top wedding venues in the area. And then you can really kind of cycle through that yourself. It allows you to kind of curate a team that fits what you're looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would also think having that little bit of additional time might help because you could potentially plan, let's say that practice visit out to the location at the same time of year so that you can see, you know, what's it like there that week, because Mm -hmm. different venues, you know, different locations, they're going to have their own cultural events. They're going to have different, maybe there's a special parade. You had no idea happens every year on this day. And you plan your event in the middle of the street that it happens. Like that is going to be a kind of bad surprise. Like cool, it's a parade, but kind of a distraction (laughs) and complication. Right. Right. And that's a great tip. Yeah. Coming in the around the time that you're planning on getting married is really key, especially if you're getting married in a tropical area, like with Hawaii, I always suggest um, knowing kind of the time frame you're going to get married because of the weather. It's just, I mean, weather's unpredictable anywhere you're going to go, but kind of knowing, you know, what's rainy season, what's going to be really humid, um, where, you know, if you're going to be in this area, is it a lot of mosquitoes, you know, so things that you kind of want to play out and get a feel for it. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. figuring that out. Yeah. Cause the photos of a couple snuggled up cuddling by a waterfall in the jungle is very beautiful in that photo, but yes. they may be eaten alive by mosquitoes that yes. you're not seeing in that photo. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I've oh lost, I've lost some legs, you know, oh. to mosquitoes for sure planning out here. But yeah, when you're sitting next to a waterfall, it's hard to really beat that view. <laughs> it's it's very beautiful and will photograph so nicely. Yeah. Um, now on that same front, there's also kind of some cultural differences. If you're going to a very different area than where you're getting, you know, where you're from, maybe you're going to another country or kind of a place like Hawaii that has its own background and traditions that you need to be respectful of that. And there might be some taboos and some places you're not really supposed to be for a wedding and, mm-hmm. and those sort of things. How, how can folks avoid that? And are there any pointers you could give them um, to help avoid those awkward you know, missteps. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all goes back again to research and respect. That's the two big things I can say for anybody who's planning a destination wedding. Researching is such a great tool. It is your friend for sure. The same way you would maybe research if you were planning a trip. You know, I know when we were planning our trip to France before all of this happened, we were reading books and trying to really get an idea of where we were going and what was going to be custom in that area and just figuring it out. So the same way it goes for planning a wedding, you kind of want to do that research. You want to know where you're going to get married and really figuring out the intention of why. I always ask my couples, why did you choose this location? Why did you choose to get married here over this other place? And that kind of sets the tone to always remind yourself when you're coming to these spaces that that's the reason you're getting married in that location. A lot of people are like, cause it's so beautiful and we just want to be a part of the culture. And if that's your intention and that's what you kind of recenter back on, that that's where you're going to focus in on. And then respect, you know, I also tell couples the same way you maybe would have visited somebody who you're getting to know at their home, how you would approach walking into their home. Would you sit on their couch, kick up your feet on their coffee table, turn flip through channels? Or would you be more mindful of the space? Would you kind of check in to see what they're comfortable with? That's the same way when you approach destination weddings is you're coming into someone else's home. That space is 
these people's home. And so if you're going to come in, you want to have that same level of respect that you would if you were walking into someone's actual house. So I think that those kind of keep you, you know, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know the history behind the land necessarily. You don't have to know every single tradition or taboo that is in that space. But I think if you come in with the level of having that good intentions and really coming in from a place of just wanting to respect, you shouldn't have any problem. Okay. That's reassuring for folks who don't want to do something really awkward and offend folks. Now you mentioned right now it is 2020 and this has been a year. Mm -hmm. Obviously travel plans have been really dialed back for pretty much everyone. And a lot of weddings have been turning into micro weddings. And I know you have started offering those services. Can you talk about what you're seeing as the trend for the micro weddings out in Hawaii? And if you know, there's any suggestions you might have that couples can consider. Yeah. Micro weddings are so cool. I love intimate weddings. I actually have friends who had plans to have larger weddings and have transitioned out of that, just kind of seeing the cost of what weddings can be and really just choosing that route because it is so much more cost effective. And then you really can do these crazy elaborate things that you see online are so much more feasible now because you don't have to worry about how many people you're paying for food for how many seats you need for butts. You don't have to worry about all the table, everything else that comes with accommodating guests. You can really focus that money on accommodating you and your partner. So the big trends really are just being able to get married in spaces that maybe you wouldn't be able to get married if you had a bunch of people. So I know that a lot of micro weddings out here are taking places on hikes and taking places on beaches and waterfalls and places that maybe you and your partner you know, find so beautiful and being able to get married right then and there. Um, There's a photographer out here who uh, hikes with her couples and that's so cool. She takes them up on these different hikes and takes photos of them and brings the celebrant who comes and gets them married. And it's just such a cool trend to see because you're left with these beautiful photos of the space that maybe you wouldn't have been able to get married in if you had even 50 guests you know? Um, yeah. Your grandma's so probably not going on a hike. Yeah. No. To a waterfall. <laughs> probably not. No, definitely not. And, and it just allows that intimacy for you and, you know, your partner. And I think that that was something that kind of recentered me just even on the planning process. I had a couple who had plans to have a 250 person wedding and then things changed and they had to get married at city hall in Pasadena And their words to me over and over when they had to make these hard decisions about having to cancel these big ideas and these big plans were, we're not getting married for the wedding day. We're getting married because we love each other. And that just really recenters back to these intimate weddings that you're not losing anything because at the end of the day, you are gaining that love and that, you know, marriage to one another. And that's really what you're in there for. And, you know, obviously as things start to clear up, you definitely can come back in and have that big fairy tale wedding that maybe you dreamed of having and it still be as beautiful as it would have been. We interrupt this week's podcast for Jamie to use a weird voice to talk about something she's really excited about. You guys, I will never stop talking about HoneyBook. You know, you know, I'm obsessed with this platform. It is just the most comprehensive way for me as a wedding planner to make sure I'm tracking my clients, keep all the files in the same exact place, keep all of our communication centralized, and to make sure 
I don't double book because I know that's the nightmare of so many of us. Right now, HoneyBook is offering 50% off a one-year subscription, which is absolutely insane. I don't know why they didn't offer this when I first signed up. To be honest, I'm a little bit bitter, but you have the awesome opportunity of taking advantage of this today. So if you are interested, head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash HoneyBook and sign up today. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking about it. Actually, I'm probably going to keep talking about it anyways. So you should just go sign up. Yeah, I mean, for me, with the audience that we have here looking to stretch your budget, you guys, these micro weddings really, really allow you to do that. Um, If your priorities, as you mentioned, are florals and like a beautiful backdrop and something that looks like it jumped right off an Instagram feed or a Pinterest page, Mm -hmm. you can do that so well with a micro wedding or with an elopement where it's you, your future spouse, someone that's there to marry you and a photographer. And it's a very small group, but you can go to some amazing, gorgeous spots, get those photos. And then when you get back home, have a little barbecue, have some sort of alternative celebration reception that will be far more affordable if you're not building it to be a wedding and following all the different traditions and trying to build it a specific way, I guess, and can open it up to be what you want it to be. So for me, even last year, before all this happened, I was very encouraging of this sort of option because I just see it um, opens the door for couples to really get creative and build a day that fits their personality and their interests. Um, I think it's so powerful. Definitely. And I think that just in general, sometimes pictures can be misleading, you know, because I have a lot of couples who are like, how much does something like this cost? And you don't have to be kind of frank with them that it is, you know, pretty costly to have these extravagant floral arrangements of flowers that are draped down from the ceiling, you know, and a lot of those times, those photos aren't necessarily weddings as they are more styled shoots or things into more intimate weddings that um, maybe allowed those types of arrangements. So, you know, I think that that's where people kind of get bummed out because they're like, oh, what, you know, this photo, they were able to do this. And that really does come from being able to rebudget everything to what's important to you. I always ask my couples that. I'm like, what's the top three things? Like, tell me the top three, three things that you have to have at your wedding. Is it like beautiful floral arrangements? Is it really good food? Is it making sure that all your guests have an open bar? Like, what is it? What is that thing that you must have? And always remembering to come back to that kind of what you want to do. So with micro weddings, you can not necessarily have it all, but you are able to at least allocate that money in a way that allows you to have at the very least your top three. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I think for me, if you're going to have a wedding with 250 people there, one of your top three priorities should be food and should be your guests having an amazing time because you're asking all these people to come celebrate with you. So yes. please don't have 250 people and invest all your money in flowers and all your money into your dress or clothing and you know give everybody like one little bit of food and mm-hmm. <laughs> cups of water from Dixie cups. Like that's not right to ask them to come there and celebrate with you and not make it a fun party with them at the center and heart of it. Um, if you want to do the big stuff, the decor, and you're on a tight budget, go for it. But you just don't need all those people there if you're not going to yes. consider <laughs> their comfort and enjoyment. But that's just me. You do. Oh, you I've do went to I've went to weddings where the flowers are insane, but it was past apps. Like mm-hmm. that was the food, and it wasn't mentioned. You know, anywhere that that was 
going to be the route that they decided to go, which is fine. I mean, we're there yeah. for your love story, but yeah, I think having that in the back of your mind, if you're going to have that many people, but with micro weddings, with elopement weddings, um, smaller events like that, you definitely can allocate that money into things that you really love. Yeah. You can definitely get that beautiful, the beautiful photographs. And that's such a high priority for mm-hmm. so many people now. Um, yes. well, thank you for this insight into, I mean, planning from afar, planning these micro weddings. Do you have any other tips or ideas that might help couples who are trying to stretch their budget and, and have a wedding in Hawaii? Yeah, I think it's just coming into it with realistic ideas. You know, I think you can definitely, I'm a big advocate that what you dream you deserve. And so I, I try my best to make sure that my couples, if they want something that I will try to figure out the best way that we can get you as close, if not right on the dot of what you want. Um, but a lot of the time, sometimes it, it doesn't happen. And I think just, you know, understanding that it's okay, you know, at the core of it, it is all about love and to not get so intimidated when you're planning a destination wedding. I know that that's a big thing. A lot of people are so intimidated about trying to plan a wedding from afar, planning a wedding anywhere, even if it's right down the street is going to have its level of stress. It's just a matter of coming into it with either a good team, a good support system. It doesn't even have to be wedding professionals, having just really good people that are surrounding you in the process that helps a ton. Oh my gosh. I love that tip. And that is so true. You guys, thank you for coming here to share your wisdom. Where can folks connect with you? Yeah. So everything's pretty simple. My Instagram is thegayagenda.co. My website is www.thegayagenda.co. And then my email is info at thegayagenda.co. Well, you guys, I will also point out if you are someone who is an ally, you can also work with Sabrina. You do not have to uh, be in the LGBTQ plus community to work with her and she's wonderful. So I know for me, I'm considering a renewal in a few years and I'm like, I know I want to do it in Hawaii. So I already have my, Yay! Um, thank you so much again. And uh, we hope you all enjoyed this session. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends.